This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. The team discovered that this is indeed some kind of were-creature that is activated three times a month. It has been striking at animals in the nearby state forest. And now, not merely animals, but a young couple was only narrowly saved from death. For now. We see a shot of um, a couple and they're camping. And we see like this cute young couple and they're maybe in their like early 20s and they are kind of backpacking in with just some light stuff and they have like um, a bunch of grocery bags of booze and they're like oh this is going to be this is going to be great right baby and the, the the girl who's like a white girl with dreadlocks is like oh this is going to be so good and um they kind of walk past a sign that says swamp's head state forest and they go and they sit down and they are camping and um they're kind of drinking and they're getting uh, a little like a little frisky with one another. They're making out. And then um, she says, wait a minute, did you hear that noise? And he's like, oh, it's probably just like an armadillo or a raccoon or something. I saw them all on the uh, on the sign. I don't know why they even bothered putting those there. Of course, there's raccoons. And then um, we see that same shaky camera from when Chad got attacked and um we uh, see it like approaching and approaching and approaching. And um, just as this thing gets right to the kind of um, like the cusp of the campsite where there's a small fire, uh, you hear like, like, what are you guys doing here? And it's uh, Ranger Dan, <laughs> Ranger Dan Pringle. And he's like, you guys can't be out here. And you certainly can't have a fire out here. What the hell? And he like looks at this thing, like he like looks over at the camera that we see from the perspective of what oh. attacked Chad Barker, and he looks at it, and he like shines the flashlight at it, and it kind of like runs away, and then we see uh, Ranger Pringle, and he's like, "What the hell was that?" And he like kind of gets on a radio, and he's like, "Oh, so and so, this blah blah blah, so and so this," and he's just talking to them, and he's like, "Like there's some kind of animal out here," uh, and they're like, "What was it? Was it a?" Was it a coyote? And he's like, it was at least as big as a bear. But no, it didn't look like a coyote. I don't know what the hell that was. So the next morning, which is the 17th of March. Who gets the phone call from Ranger Dan Pringle? I would say it doesn't make sense that Darkblade, who didn't have almost any interaction with him, gets the phone call. I, I assume it'd be me being the most officially connected. But at the same time, you did kind of extricate yourself from that situation and let Ashton do most of the talking. So That's true. He probably preferred personal phone numbers, so go for it. It's, it's just, who, who do you think would be most interesting to get the call? Why don't we say uh, Ashton and I are hanging out and uh, we get a call? 
Sure. You guys are back at the pancake house. Yeah. Drinking whiskey. Drinking and, whiskey. Uh, Ashton's eating blueberry pancakes, I imagine. Because that's what I ordered for him. He just pours the whiskey on it like syrup. Yeah, a little slugger over here, you know. He can really polish them off, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so you get a uh, – sure, Ashton, you get a call from um, a number that maybe at first you don't recognize. And then later on you're like, I think I gave my number to somebody recently. And when you answer it, it's uh, – yeah, it's Ranger Pringle. And he's like, yeah. hello, hello. Oh, hey. How are you doing? And he's like, oh, boy, oh, boy. I got to tell you, not great. Uh, Yeah, so I got to tell you, I called the cops about this already. um, And I called animal control. But truthfully, this is the kind of stuff I'm supposed to take care of. But now that y'all told, well, he wouldn't say y'all. He's like, now that you guys told me this situation, uh, I got to tell you, something wild happened last night. You're telling me. He's like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm on speakerphone. Hold on. Do I hear pancakes in the background? Blueberry pancakes. Oh, pretty good. Wait, hold on. Are you guys at the pancake house? Yeah, we want... Not, not, want... not important. Not important. Sorry. But <laughs> listen, you guys either got to get over here right away or we have to more, uh, less interestingly, have a long conversation over the phone. We're on our way. Oh, hey, let's hey, get these. Let's get these pancakes to go, people. Move, 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 move. All right, so there you guys are, at back at the at the park. You've got pancakes, and um, and um, yeah, uh, uh, Herbert even snuck a uh, a syrup container. Nice, Herbert's like one of the glass, one of those sticky jars. He like takes it out of his bag, and all of his like pencils are stuck to it now. Yeah, it's covered in lint. Yeah. When, when he was at the restaurant, like, he refused to order anything, but then <laughs> ate syrup packets. Yeah, oh. yeah, and the creamer <laughs> little containers. You're gonna make me throw up. Okay, yeah, so. a cigarette too. Yeah, and you look in the bag, and there's this full like silverware at the bottom of it, and random like, little little teacups and stuff they stole from one of the restaurants. It was a closed yeah. cigarette, though. Yeah, yeah, he lives off of sauce, though. I mean, so- we're all made out of sauce. It's true. Anyways. So Humanity that's... is made of sauce. Yes, I agree with you. So yeah. when you guys get there, you get to the part, the ranger station, and the ranger's like, oh, I didn't know what you guys were talking about before when you showed up, but you told me those dates, and I figured that this was the next one, and so I should make a point to be out here. And uh, normally we don't have rangers. We have somebody in the station in case there's a problem. But uh, normally rangers don't do patrol, and honestly, I wasn't even on duty. But that's that's not that, that doesn't even matter because. Dude. Some, and he he also laughs for a while. He's like, <laughs> duty. <laughs> but this was serious. Two young sexy hippies almost died. <laughs> My experience, uh, sexy hippies, uh, they're few and far between. <laughs> um, was it like, possible? Was it possibly caught on those panther cams? And he's like, no, it wasn't near there. It was, again, where most of the um, most of like the hikers and such go. It wasn't in an area where anybody's supposed to camp. And um, uh, the fact, place you was, told us it wasn't. I see. 
So, uh, hold on. Hold on. What'd you see there, Trooper Dan? Um, so again, in this in this area where people hike, where the attacks on animals had occurred, not uh -huh. in the panther area where the attacks had not occurred. So you're telling us it's a panther. Long story short, um, <laughs> it's Gore Vidal, the historian. He's gone mad with rage. Oh, uh, I knew it. I knew it. I, I was always a Buckley guy myself. So, um, no, he's like, he's like, I saw, he's like, I saw something. It was huge. It was the size of a bear. It was seven, eight feet tall. Maybe it was big. It was muscly. Uh, it was, it was kind of looming over these folks. When I shined a light at it, it kind of got spooked a little bit. Um, and it ran off. Uh, something else in the forest was attacked. What was? And he'll uh, he'll be like, "Hold on, uh, you're gonna have to get on this. Your cars aren't supposed to go on the on the on the trails, so you're gonna have to get on this uh, golf cart." Yeah, let me guess. Its heart was eaten. Yeah, that is what happened. Well, fellas. Looks like we've got a wear bitch on our hands. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, like a dog? <laughs> anyway, everybody yeah, gets like a dog. I'm not a misogynist. Don't wait. Come on. Give me a break here. Like, <laughs> might oh, be a okay, lot of right. things. But, um. He's like, everybody, okay, well, yeah, get in this golf cart. He's no, like, like, what? Were their hearts eaten? Or was yeah. that a joke? No, that, that, that was true. It's it's heart he's like, Yeah, it's I'm not joking, its heart was eaten. And um you remember that Chad Barker's heart was eaten. And he'll tell you that this is this was the case with like all of the animal carcasses that he or other rangers found. Like a lot of the they were clearly attacked, they were eaten, it looked like some kind of big animal. Um he'll tell you that bears are straight up not in this park. And he's like, we used to have bears here. There hasn't been a bear scene in a while. This thing was as big as a bear, but it wasn't a bear. I've seen lots of bears. It wasn't one. It moved in a different way. It was standing up on two legs. It was not on all fours. A bear will, a bear will rear up on two legs, but it moves on all fours. This loped around a bit. Uh, but it moved very fast once it decided to go in a different direction. And, um, yeah, and he brings you out to a place where a, yeah, a big deer. Oh, no, a wild boar. That's what it is. A wild boar has been just, like, absolutely eviscerated, and a bunch of it's been eaten. I think the entire, um, you guys don't know it's a wild boar for a little bit because the entire top half has been eaten. Or is like not there. It's just like these weird legs of a pig, and he can, can we, tell you it's a. He can tell you like, oh, this is a wild boar, and um, if you need the skull, is like in that distance over there. But all of these innards were eaten, particularly the heart. There's scraps of this or that here and there, but the heart is definitely gone. Can we um, sort of take a look at the crime scene or the absolutely, and uh, maybe look at tracks and whatnot and see what we can glean out of it. He's like, yeah, if you hadn't, uh, he's like, thank you guys for telling me about this because otherwise one of those sexy hippies probably would have gotten killed. Well, uh, 
You went above and beyond here. Appreciate it. He's like, yeah, and he'll stick around with you. He's very interested in what's happening and what's going on. Um, but yeah, so now, if anybody wants to roll Investigate a Mystery to do some kind of literally like uh, forensics type work, you're welcome to do that. I'll go ahead and do that. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're a four, plus one is a five. All right, that's pretty stinky. All right, so... <laughs> yes, jackpot. Yeah, as you guys are kind of going through... First roll of the game! It's a XP right there. Yeah, the only info you can get, you can't find tracks, um, you can't find, like, hair or scat samples or that kind of stuff, and in fact, you guys are kind I'll, of like... Uh, I'll look over significantly at uh, Trooper Dan, or, uh, sorry... Uh, yeah, Trooper Dan. I'll say uh, Ranger Dan. But yeah, I'll say Ranger Dan. Um, you know, I think the board did this. Um, and he's like, "It's a callback. It's a callback to the victim who's always doing it." Okay. Yeah, he. Um, he I think kinda... this was another bore. Maybe this this bore was in on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. He kind of stares board at you for a long time, <laughs> and is like, "Man." I sat back and didn't say anything when you looked at what you thought was werewolf scat, and it was just those hippies had taken a dump out here before. Yeah, it's not for terrible. A while. Terrible. And he's like, but you know, patchouli's a werewolf's natural scent. And um, yeah, this guy just kind of says like, yeah, like you can. Everybody else in the group can see this guy now does not believe anything Sundry says. Like, you guys just can just see where he's just like, um, I think this guy's drunk. Or something like that. Like, like this dude doesn't... I, I don't believe him. And so he's like, he'll tell you, like, um, I took down statements from them of what they said. I was able to call the cops. The cops got here and then wanted to kind of pass this off. It was, all, it was um, Sheriff's Deputy Derek Brown. And he just wanted to say it was a bear or something like that. Uh, when I said there weren't bears, he said, well, what other big animals are there? I said, well, there are panthers. And he said, well, it's probably a panther. So Ranger Dan, Dan Pringle, right? Ranger, Ranger, you can just call me. He goes, straight up, man. My name's Darian. I, call, I go by Dan because it it's easier to spell. Darian, then. What about the tracks? What sort of tracks did you find? after after your encounter he's like nothing definitive there are tracks and he'll point them out to you and he's like but they're just indentations they don't tell us much mm. so well, he's have... like listen if there if there were tracks i'd be all the hell over this but honestly i'm concerned because if this is something that's going after people folks aren't really supposed to camp in this area these people were breaking the rules but there's animals in this forest that are in danger, including those panthers. And if they're gone, that dis- that can destroy an aspect of this forest. And if there's something that's here that's killing things, that's an issue. And what I saw last night wasn't a person. It was a thing. And I don't know what it was. And it freaked me the fuck out. So what do we, what do we need to do? Well, we need to kill it. What was that, Mr. Blade? We need hippie hearts, lots of them, and pig hearts. And he's like, well, it got a pig heart. I can't tell you about those sexy hippies. You know, Mr. Blade might be onto something. If we could 
we've been able to tr chart its attacks with pretty good regularity here, according to these moon cycles. If we set a trap for it with what it wants, which is clearly hearts, would you be willing to let us use the state park grounds for that? He's like, I would really prefer we not. Um, but if you... <sighs> Probably going to hit that ranch next anyway. Well, we He's can like, tell you that until it's caught, it's going to keep attacking one of the three locations it's been in. Your park's one of them. Now, did it have a long snout or a short snout? One thing hmm. at a time, Mr. Blade. Um, I'll say he, he'll tell you that he saw reflective eyes, but he's like, a lot of animals have reflective eyes. Including panthers. Yeah, panthers. He's, he's like, panthers do have reflective eyes. So do wolves, though wolves aren't native to this area. So do coyotes, though that wasn't a coyote. Oh. Coyote's not native to this area either. And neither are Chad's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's like, or, well, or neither, boars. Neither, neither are wild or boars, boars, for that matter. Yeah, the boars, so, they're, they're not indigenous either. Yeah. This is pig's gone, gone wrong. No. I think uh, uh, Trooper Day is on something here. Yeah. He's like, what am I on to? This whole uh, indigenous distinction. Sounds like this is a, not infernal. Sounds like it's definitely of this world. But. And yeah, and Dan is just, or Darian is just looking at everybody and is like, uh, and maybe Herbert and Sundry are sitting next to one another and he like backs up further of like, uh, do I have to have another person I don't want to listen to? Now listen, in the sixth, the sixth edition of the Dungeons and Dragons Monster Guide, uh, werewolves did have um, six attack, and um, they did only move around uh, during moonlight. This seems to be more of like a fifth edition werewolf, though. And he'll say, last night wasn't a full moon. If you're going to talk about werewolves, aside from the fact that that's insane, uh, I have to oh, tell that's... you, last night wasn't a full moon. Exactly. Because in the fifth edition, um, it didn't. You, first of all, you didn't have to be a wolf, but you could be many different. There were a variety of weird creatures, and they didn't always go out during the full moon, but throughout the moon cycle. I so appreciate you guys. And he'll go back to the truck and get his books. Yeah, while he's while doing that, uh, Ranger Darian Pringle will say, I appreciate you guys giving me the heads up on that. Honestly, you saved those people's lives. And if whatever's happening is killing these animals here, it is a threat to this forest. So I literally am professionally obligated to help deal with this situation. Well, in that case, maybe... Let alone by conscience of two very sexy hippies almost got murdered last night. Yes, it truly I'm telling you, attractive. there's no such thing as a sexy hippie. But... He's like, if you're going by smell, sure, but I mean, you should have looked at him. Yeah, no. No thanks. I say, I, I think I'll turn to the rest of the team and say, we know it will attack again. We know when it will attack again. We know what it wants. Why don't we have it attack a location that's to our benefit? We could lay a trap. It's not that hard to find hearts at, at like a meat market. 
It's not yeah, just going for the heart, though. It's going for it's going for like a living animal and then digesting its organs. Very well, then we could have live bait. That's a possibility. So you know that the next time will be on April first. All right. Uh, so in the meantime. Could be a fool's errand. <laughs> uh, Trooper Darian, you uh, are you safe out here? Do you have the the tools to protect yourself? He's like, when we're dealing with these animals, we've got rifles and uh, and stuff like that. So I think I'm all right. I'm glad that that thing decided to run away last night rather than. Um, rather than come at us, but I don't know. And he'll he'll point to the board, and he'll be like, be "Like those things, those things aren't nothing. They're they're pretty tough. Um, like hunters, inexperienced hunters come out here, and every now and again they get fucked up by these things, and they've got guns." So, yeah. uh, for an an for something to rip this thing in half, that's intense. If you guys well, want to set up some kind of trap, I'll help you. But at the same time, boy, oh boy, we're going to need something serious to, uh, to actually trap this thing. Oh, leave that to us, Darian. Yeah. Look, according to the White Wolf, uh, werewolf system werewolves they they deal um aggro damage and um and i think as deal... i think as dark blade is going into this white wolf uh shtick um this guy kind of turns over to you and he's like you want to set up a trap and he says that to mr welker and ashton i'll nod sagely um he's like oh, i don't know about that I think you got to make a manipulate roll on this one. Would someone else like to make the roll? Sure, I'll give it a shot. A uh, six. A six. All right. Would anybody, especially Mr. Welker, want to help out? Absolutely. With... And that's Go for cool, it. Right. That's the one thing I am. I believe it at. is. Yeah. And I got a fifteen, baby. That's pretty good. All right, so that kicks it up to a that's seven, right? Yeah. So. Um, here's the deal. This guy will help you. But if this creature is somehow native to this forest or native to this area, this creature cannot be hurt at all. Oh, that's what is he the says. deal. Yeah, that's that's the deal that this guy has where he's basically like, he's like, I don't know what this is. I'm here to defend, like to protect the, no, he'll just straight up say like, I'm here as a defender of the native species of Florida but that are beset constantly by all these like uh, um, invasive predators and invasive species. There's trees, there's bugs, there's creatures that are always constantly be under attack from all these things. And he's like, you know, it's one thing to have to deal with pollution and people coming in here and destroying things. And he's like, I'm, I'm against all of that. But when people introduce and when other, these other species, that's a problem. But if this is something native, 
we have to study it. And this guy will just basically tell you that, like, straight up, like, if this is something native, we cannot, nope, we are on protect it mode. I assure you. Well, that's, that's where the trap will come in handy, right? Exactly. As Mr. Green has said, we are interested in preserving it, capturing it, killing it is not the ideal outcome for any of us. Maybe write a song about it. Maybe write a song about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you can, you know, if you guys swear that we're going to, we're not going to hurt this thing if it's a native species, I'm down. By the power invested in me by Lorecorp, harm to this creature will be a secondary objective at best. And he's like, by secondary, you mean only if it's a non-native creature? That's exactly what I mean. He's like, all right. Now let me show you, Mr. Charms, a song that I wrote. And he busts out some dope uh, some dope lyrics of his own. And you guys have a, have a brief sing-song. Yeah, show you my and I'll, I'll say like uh, he's like the ten thousandth person to bust out uh, a song that he wrote around yeah. Sundry, and Sundry's like, "Oh yeah, that's great. I should put you in touch, with my agent. I never heard such dulcet tones about a, a state forest before in my life. Why yeah, thank you, uh, Ranger Ranger Darius or." Dan, if, uh, yeah, that's what you're still going by. Yeah, all of his all of his songs are like very much about the. <laughs> he, he sings you several songs. They're all very much about the forest, but they all are very like. I never said I never did hear so many lyrics about a palmetto bug before in my life, <laughs> and I used to think of it as a disgusting creature, and uh, I I do to a lesser extent now. And he's like, if you think about it, it's very much the the pulse, the heartbeat of the of the forest and in many ways in a sensual capacity the clitoris of the forest he says <laughs> yeah. something like really disgusting and you're like I, and I never oh, this guy just, want, this guy just, wants to have sex with this forest just how efficient that insect was so uh i appreciate that education and in, in song form i was just going about setting a very delectable trap for this thing with live bait or maybe a moat you know traps all around the thing we'd all wait around for it this would obviously be in whatever 15 days or whatever it was mm -hmm. yeah um, so for you guys right now it is the you should talk to your zoologist it is the morning of the 17th that when you guys met up with uh ranger darian pringle um the next first quarter moon will be the first of april yeah and as mr charms has said we could also talk to um Addy Zems and sort of give her the profile of everything we have on this monster so far and see if cool. that any bells. Yeah, let's have you guys talk to Addy Zems. So Addy Zems is work she's an animal control officer and she also works as a zoologist for um, the local Palmetto City Zoo. She is played by Francis McDermott circa Fargo. And Addie, who's a woman in her early 40s, maybe, you kind of like meet up with her and she's filling out a bunch of paperwork. And you see a bunch of guys uh, dealing with like kind of more common animals of like raccoons and possums and that kind of stuff in the front when you go to the animal control office. And she's kind of in the back and it smells like all kinds of crazy animal stuff. And she is like, 
Oh, hey. What's up? What can I do for you guys? Hello, Mrs. Zems. Uh, my name is Mr. Welker. These are my associates, Mr. Charms, Mr. Green, and Mr. Blade. Uh, we, uh, we're here on behalf of Oracle. And I think I think she has like the standard act- reaction to Mr. Blade, and she's mm-hmm. like like looks at him and she arches an eyebrow. <laughs> and um, oh, wait, I don't know. Mr. Blade would find female attention of that kind to be particularly odd, but uh, I'll go on and I'll say um, oh, I'm used we to wanted to ask attention. you if you are you hitting on me right now? Profile. <laughs> we want to give you a profile. No, Mr. Blade, I'm. I'm not hitting on you. I just found the name Blade to be interesting, and I was wondering what ethnicity that might be. Or if it's a chosen name, but... If you're asking me if it's the name that um, I was shackled with uh, through the social security system and um, through the entrapments of the Democratic national committee uh no it's not that name it's my name that i chose for myself dark blade 69 and i think she'll say my stepson used to like to be called (laughs) spider-man anyway do you guys have like a bunch of uh, do you guys have bees that you need to be taken care of or something? So well, was he a, was he a real Spider Man? Was he was this man was he part spider and part man? And do you have photos? Well, with my ex husband, he'll never be any kind of man. <laughs> well, and given his uncle, my ex husband's brother, unfortunately, there will be photos. And she just drinks her coffee, coffee from like a like a little styrofoam cup, and you're like, "Oh, that was dark, gross." I'm so sorry, Miss Miss Zems. Moving on as to the purpose of our visit, uh, so I'll lay out to her like um, the the profile of these animal attacks. So what we've got so far is it attacks by these moon cycles. It's strong. It's a good jumper and attacker. Not a bear. It's comfortable around people and increasingly so. It eats hearts. Attacks on two legs. Wait, is that the is that the thing that attacked that kid in the park? Yes, ma'am. What do you want to know about that? Hold on. And she, she's like looking through files. She's like, what do you want to know about that? Well, we want to know if you have any thoughts on it. I was, I, um, I had a friend who told me that uh, you were an experienced zoologist and that um, you have a lot of experience in animal control. We wondered if you had anything to say about these pattern of attacks. She's like, well, your friend knows what they're talking about when it comes to me knowing what I'm talking about. Yeah, and she pulls out a file, and it's the coroner report. And it's like a similar report that you got, but she's like added in additional details and for about Chad Barker. Mm-hmm. And she'll say, um, whatever attacked him was a feline. Okay. How do you know? Wait, like, like a panther? Yeah. Maybe like a panther or a lion or a tiger or a mountain lion or a bobcat or... Ain't no uh, lions or tigers around here. Bobcat, maybe. Well, there's ain't no panthers in the city park either. Yeah. What did you say it was feline? And she'll point out... Um, okay, so I want to make sure to give you guys this information. Um, 
so I'm going to hold off on any kind of roll at the moment, but she'll say... Oh, let's roll. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Yeah, yeah, somebody make an investigator situation roll. Or Ooh, investigator mystery roll. Boom. I rolled a five. God. <laughs> wait, wait, a five. that's a six. That's a six with uh, plus... Plus sharp, right? Well, you wrote yes with plus the sharp. That is a six. Would anybody want to help, Sun? I will help. happily help, Mr. All right, Charms. Mr. Welker, give him a hand. All right, and uh, so I'll be like, lady, we both know Boar did it. Ain't All right, right, I got a thirteen. That's pretty good. So that kicks that up. So he'll she'll just say a boar. Yeah, you I just himself. told you. I just told you a feline, and she like shows you some things. That's like, look at this, this, and this. That's a situation, and she shows you, like, with her hand, like, how a cat's paw would work or claws would work. And she goes, you'll see that with bobcats, with mountain lions, and, yeah, with panthers. Uh, here's the issue. There are no panthers in this park, and the force that this thing utilized and the way its paws were shaped, it would be an enormous panther. It would be a panther the size of a bear. Or a manther. Or a womanther. I'll say, we're prepared for that possibility. Um, And she'll... Things off the table. She will say, like... (sighs) Female female panthers are just as fierce, if not more fierce, than male panthers, so... It could be. But again... They're parts of a kill. And then he'll take a long drag from his clipped cigarette. And she'll say, there are, again, no panthers in this city park that's goofy. But, yeah, that animal is incredibly endangered. If there was some other kind of mountain lion or something like that, even then, this thing would be enormous. For it to be wandering around in the city park doesn't make sense. This is is weird stuff to me. And when I saw this, uh, when they sent this to me, it was strange. I no doubt, and we agree. But Miss Sems, just in your professional opinion, if you discounted its size and the oddness of its being here, just by the attacks alone, what would you? What animal would you say this was? And she looks down at the stuff again, and she says, "In this here, discount it's a pan- location and discount um, discount the- location." Just by the the pattern of like the the bodies you found. I mean, the the bodies is one body. Um. Do you have perhaps other information and like pictures of other stuff for her? I mean, I assume we have pictures of the attacks of the boar. Oh, for sure. I mean, any professional would have taken pictures of those, yeah. regardless of whether he said he did or not. Right. So yeah, she like looks at this and she just says. Regardless of location, I would say that this was a lion, something massive. With this lo- here in Florida, unless a lion escaped from the zoo or some rich asshole has a lion as a pet that got out of their yard, which has happened. There was a dickhead over in uh, such and such county. He had an ocelot as a pet. It killed, it killed four neighbors' dogs. I mean, they were all little shit yappy dogs but Ocelot's not that big but still it's stronger than a Shih Tzu and then but yeah I'd say this would be a lion but that doesn't make sense the biggest kind of cat 
is in this area is a panther. The problem is there's barely any of them. Well, be that as it may, if we wanted to, say, catch one of these, what would your advice be? If you wanted to catch a panther, that shouldn't be too hard. You go to where you go to where it's going to be. You set up a big cage. You set up a trap. These are the kind of animals that would. We like to think of these animals as these apex predators. And truthfully, based on how strong and deadly they are, they are. The problem is they're just like people. They're a little bit lazy. If they can get a free meal, they'll go after a free meal. So if you've got something just kind of hanging there, chilling out, some, uh, hell, just a chicken dang. Well, yeah, there are, they are like hippies. If you got something free, they'll go after it. <laughs> Goddamn hippies are a big pain in my ass. Not too. And she goes on a rant about how she's like, I got to collect all these bats. You know how many bats have rabies? And these hippies are saying Barbara. I can't exterminate them. And uh, like uh, this is this is a huge pain in my ass. And she goes into a rant about that for a little bit. But afterwards, she's like, yeah, so amen, essentially. Lady. Amen. Um, yeah, ex she essentially is like, you can set up a trap and it wouldn't be too tough. You just have to know the area. And understand that other animals that are carnivores might show up and spring this trap. Hell, a raccoon will show up if you leave a side uh, if you leave a a, a pot roast out in a thing, a raccoon will show up to eat it. You got to shoo that motherfucker away um until eventually this thing comes out. It's, it's really about where and luck. But yeah, but she for sure tells you and confirms it's a cat and confirms the idea that we had had before based on its jumping ability that this is a feline creature that mm -hmm. however while more it is more. a feline creature it is not a regular panther that doesn't make sense it would be too big it would have to be the size of a bear which also confirms with what darian pringle said that this thing looked like it was the size of a bear I think we all know the path that we now tread. <coughs> Gentlemen, let's go back to Pancake House. Get another round of, of flapjacks. <coughs> then go back to the park and lay our plans to <coughs> catch this which one of you is this woman very interested in? Darkblade. Wouldn't be unusual. She kind of looks at you and just says like, I bet you know a lot about computers. What's the chance you can fix this here, little fucker? And she uh, like whacks her computer, like whacks her computer and she's like, my disk drive's all fucked up. Mm. Were you putting something in there? It was didn't fit. Oh, oh yeah, and she's she's super gross like you are apparently, and she's like, <laughs> let's just say I wanna, but haven't had the chance to in a little bit. <laughs> Don't get a computer virus. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's yeah. a. 
so I think that I think we have a we have a I think we have a woman in her like early forties hitting on this weird. Uh, I know he's in his later twenties, but he looks very young, and he looks like a like a kid who's never been out of the basement. And she's like, anyway, you need a ride to that pancake pancake house, son. Yeah, um, uh, I'm really good at computers. Anyhow, do you got do you you fellas need but any I more help? My because uh, well, don't worry, I can I can drive you around. Uh, we'll make sure you get to where you need to be. Uh, well, you guys have any other questions while he fixes my uh, my drawer here? Not at all, Ms. Zems. Take good care of Mr. Blade for us. Y'all, y'all have a good night now. As Abby Zem's stinger lays her eggs into your uh, abdomen. No, the uh, no, no, but the uh, okay. So I like the idea of there being like a very awkward date between these two. Um, where we get to see Herbert having to not be a crazy misogynist because he is on a date but like only barely holding it back <laughs> and you guys yeah. are at like an outback steakhouse and she's like ooh fancy yeah she's like so what do you what do you do for what do you do for that company oh, I and I tell her exactly what I do I am a crypto zoologist expert you could say I know a thing or two about things that people don't know is real. And um, my whole path to um, learning about all of this started at a young age when I discovered that um, there were contrails that the government was controlling our thoughts with. And um, but tell me, how long have you been doing the work that you that you do? And she's like, oh, I've been doing this for a little too long. Mm, so you've you've uh, you've tamed some wild animals. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like. I think we could say something. I think we could say something like that, and we kind of flash away to another thing. Milk so I spraying out of his nostrils. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whoa! <laughs> we see a long hallway lit by fluorescent lights the hum of which is broken most prominently by the clack of heels on an industrial concrete floor. The hall is a clinical white, something which makes the red of Jessica Lore's suit stand out all the more strikingly. Her eyes scan a tablet as she arrives at a door which slides open the moment she enters arm's length of it. Oh, uh, hello, Miss Lore. Uh, thank you for coming all the way up here. I, I know it must have the been... The trip is quick with our resources. Jessica Lore says to the bespectacled scientist dressed in a lab coat. His name badge reads McLean, and bears the number five denoting his extremely high security clearance. Now, what is it that warranted making use of those resources? 
well, we've, we've run a series of tests on the material collected by Field Team 6 and found some interesting results. With that, Dr. McLean projects a file onto a display screen. I would send it to you directly uh, to, to your tablet if security weren't such a concern in this situation. I'll download a copy for my further study later. Jessica Lore replies, scanning the information displayed before her. Until then, give me the highlights. Dr. McLean scrolls through the information until he arrives at an image of what appear to be small spheres covered in some kind of green fluid. Clicking on the image, we see it as a video that plays as he describes his findings. The material does indeed appear to be roe, though of what species we can't exactly say. As he says this, the video shows him dropping one of the spheres into a vial and placing it in some kind of machine with a radiation warning on it. Well, we've already known that it was roe. But now I need some new information. Jessica Lore is not a person used to having her time wasted. As the doctor speaks, she picks up a paper file from the desk in front of her and peruses its contents. The first, the first thing we can say for sure is that it is unfertilized. With this statement, Jessica Lore pauses, mid-turning a page, and looks up at Dr. McLean. Genetically, he continues, it seems to bear traits similar to amphibians and some fish. With this, Dr. McLean removes his glasses, rubs his temples, and continues in a quieter, more nervous tone. But it's much more complicated, and yet also in some ways simpler than I would expect. And what does that mean? The genetic makeup suggests that it's likely a much more complex creature, but it bears a streamlined quality that suggests it may, like some fish and amphibians, even insects, be able to remain dormant for long periods of time. Meaning that these eggs could remain viable for longer than would be the case with other species? Yes, of course. We would need to examine the creature that laid these in order to get a better understanding. Based on your discoveries, would this creature be able to remain dormant for extended periods of time, even after it's hatched? It's possible, Dr. McLean replies with a shrug, but we'll need more than eggs to determine that. Standing up and placing the papers back on the desk where she found them, Jessica Lore straightens her suit. Thank you, Dr. McLean. We'll see about getting you a more promising subject. With that, Jessica Lore heads out of the laboratory. If we could just know more about the circumstances under which these samples were found, perhaps we could provide more answers to the question. Thank you, Dr. McLean. As always, you have proven yourself invaluable to this company. And the automatic door closes behind her. A tall man in a dark gray suit stands waiting outside the door leading to the helipad. When Jessica Lore exits the building, he immediately moves to match her pace. The reports from Welker are promising. I want you to send another team down there. Should I tell Welker? The tall man replies. Not yet. She says, ducking to get into the helicopter, the props of which are already spinning. And Bishop, make sure this team is more focused. I trust Welker, but... I don't know how wise it is to have field agents build their own teams going forward. The helicopter lifts off and soon out of sight and out of earshot. Mr. Bishop takes out his phone, the same kind that was delivered to Chase Welker, and scrolls through pictures of Mr. Welker, Sundry Charms, Ashton Green, and Herbert Mock. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. 
This American monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional voices for this episode included Alex Ernest as Jessica Lure. Yeah, so I think I would like to have Abby Zems be a recurring character that whenever there's like a weird creature that you guys talk to. Love it. Yeah. And so I think part of this is that she and uh, Herbert have a weird romantic relationship that's um, awkward to say the least. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Bloom and onion sauce sprays out of my nose this time. All right. Oh, absolutely. Listen, every time yeah. I've ever had bloom and onion sauce, it's sprayed out of some part of me or another. <laughs> <laughs>